All right, we are live. Top lenders in America with Brett Wilmer from Nashville, Tennessee. Glad to have you here. Really excited for today. And yeah, uh, we, uh, we met through a mutual friend, Derek, and I trained jujitsu with him. And I was, it was funny, I was trying to connect him with my lender. And I was like, who do you use? And he was like, Brett. And he told me like how you met him and everything you do. And I was like, all right, I like, I got to meet this guy. It's absolutely awesome. How you communication is a hundred percent of it. You got to do the rest, be a professional and like everything you do is top notch. And I mean, can you kind of share like a little bit of your process to make sure that clients get what they want without surprises? Yeah, yeah, because that's one of my good buddies had the best line when I stole it from him. He said, surprises are for birthday parties, not real estate transactions. So yeah, I, was like, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my process, maybe not all that unique from a ton of folks, but what I always like to do is just do an initial consult and just talk to the client, understand their particular situation a little bit better, understand their concerns, you know, answer their questions before we even get to an application right? It's just talk about it and, and look for potential pitfalls and issues, right? Um, so right. it automatically sets my mind going in the right direction of, okay, we're probably going to go this route, answer any questions that they have, explain the process, um, especially with first-time buyers. We're seeing a lot of first-time buyers come out nowadays. Um, you know, from there, go to the more formal application so we can start working on the pre-approval and everything else. Um, and that's where most lenders stop, you know, typically, is they get that pre-approval, they say, go find a house. I like to go one step further with all my clients, uh, time permitting, as long as we can, uh, we get all the files into underwriting in advance. Difference being in doing that, it gives peace of mind to the buyers. They know they're hundred percent approved for the loan, uh, speeds up the process, right? So if it is uh, a multiple offer scenario or something where we just have to run quicker, we can do it. And the third reason, probably one of the biggest is it makes the offer better, <laughs> right? If you're right. multiple offer scenarios, it's a stronger offer because we can turn in an actual underwriting approval. Um, so even from the very beginning, I try to structure things that way. And then throughout the transaction, there's a lot of patterns and behaviors that I do as well. Yeah. And when you get a weekend from closing or whenever, and the underwriter comes back and says, oh, we found this, we need this. You've already done that instead of the end of the day. Exactly. exactly. We try to get everything as bulletproof as possible from the start. Right. So there, there's no yeah. surprises. And honestly, it also, it just makes it less stressful for the home buyer, right. right? Because buying a home is stressful. You're moving, you're doing this. It's the first time doing that or whatever. Right. So anything that we can do to simplify it for them and just make it a more enjoyable experience, <laughs> not in freak out mode, it, it just pays off in dividends. It's huge. Yeah. My client, especially first time home buyers, the question they'll ask over and over is, is this going to, am I qualified yet? When do I know? Is this going to close? And to be able to be through that, I'm able to say, Hey, look, I've had clients work with my lender for 10 years. And if we get to this stage, it always closes. So you can just relax about that. Like, that's huge. Like you said, there's no surprises there. You don't have to worry about I know I shouldn't, but I call them the evil underwriter. It's like the wicked witch of the West. <laughs> They're just doing their job, but you know, it's nice to just get through that big hurdle. You now, sometimes it's a big hurdle. <laughs> and don't worry. And, and things can pop up. 
things can pop up throughout a transaction and that's not uncommon. Um, sometimes there's just stuff that you can't control, but being able to catch that stuff in advance so that you have enough time where it doesn't affect the transaction and people aren't stressed out. That's a huge thing, right? Yeah. So even with, for me, for example, I send out you know, weekly updates on every transaction to both agents involved or all the parties involved on every Tuesday. So folks know what's going on. And then as we hit major milestones, uh, I send out those updates, right? Hey, the appraisal's in, we're clear to close, docs are at tight ends. Everyone knows throughout. And I think when there's open lines of communication and transparency like that, everyone's a little bit more at ease, right? The, right. the sellers, the listing agent can tell their clients that it just makes it easier. Yeah, as a listing agent. And that's how Derek connected with you. He had a listing. I think it was actually his house and you were representing the buyer and he, you, know, you called him every Tuesday and he was like, well, this is a breath of fresh air. And so it, 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 it catches. Okay. Go upstairs. One of my I'm kids sorry, is down here. Hi, buddy. <laughs> Say, hey, Brett. Hey, head on I've upstairs. Okay. underneath me, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but it does, it, it catches agents off guard sometimes because they're like, whoa, why is this person getting with me so much? But it's a great way to do business. It's more work. Yeah, but it's good work, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. And so how long have you been in the business? How long have you been here in Nashville? So, yeah, I've got an interesting background. Um, I've been in mortgage lending for a little over 15 years. Um, I've been in Nashville for, I believe, 11 or 12 now. Uh, original so you're basically a native now. Uh, in music. Yeah, yeah, essentially. By current standards, right? I've been here long enough, the past decade, all the changes. But it's a great city, man. We're never leaving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was you. I think I, I was uh, looking on your Facebook page. And uh, is it true I saw a picture of you when you were in music? A uh, picture with you and Slash? Is, is that, was that real? Yeah, yeah. We the band I was in at the time opened for him. Yeah, that was I love Slash. He's one of my, my favorite guitarists and, uh, and idols. I'm a guitarist myself, um, and so that was just a really cool experience um, being able to open for him and some of my other idols. And, you know, just a really cool aspect of my life, part of my life. Yeah, and you still did loans while you were traveling, right, or while you were in the band? So is that is that right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I got into mortgages pretty young. I started playing music out when I was about 16 and went to college and kept playing music and doing all that. And I got into mortgages uh, shortly after college. Uh, yeah, so I'd be in the back of a van or waiting at the airport or on a tour bus or whatever, and, you know, during the day, crunching numbers and quoting interest rates and go play the gig at night, get no sleep, wake up, do it again the next day. So it was a very interesting time in my life. It was a lot of fun. I wouldn't take it back. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the ways we connected one of my best friends. He lives up in Philly and he did the same thing for a number of years. His, his mom was in real estate and he became a realtor. And then when he started touring, he switched to loans. He did that for a long time. And now he's got kids and he, he does that full time. But how cool is that, that you can actually still be on top of it and do that? Oh yeah. That's one of the great things about you know, the mortgage industry, in my opinion, if you've got cell phone and laptop you can work i could be in spain right now you wouldn't know right <laughs> things are 100 percent remote uh, typically it gives you a lot of flexibility it's a great industry in that aspect of things for sure yeah and what switch into clients you know we're in a 
I guess you would call it a pretty unique. The market's always unique. It's always changing. What are you seeing as the opportunities in the market? Uh, what are the questions that clients, you got frequently asked questions, like what are the client the questions that clients should be asking that maybe they don't know to yet? Yeah. yeah. Interest rates are always top of mind, right? Especially in today's rate environment, just because rates are higher. And they're, they were insanely low, right? During the COVID years and we had two and 3%. And now we're in the you know, six and 7% kind of range. See, that's the concern for a lot of folks. Um, but I think the main question and things that there are programs out there that can help with the higher rate environment. Um, there are some first time home buyer programs. There are some income based programs that offer lower rates than kind of your standard mortgage. Um, looking at adjustable rates can be a really good option, uh, depending on the loan type. Sometimes they're lower than the fixed rate counterpart. Um, and even temporary buy downs. You know, that's, that's something that we've had in the mortgage industry for a handful of years. We never needed them when rates, a lot of people don't know that they exist. So asking about what other programs are out there, what other options are out there to help reduce my payment, help reduce my rate, that's really going to help folks. And a lot of people just don't know that, right? They're only concerned about what's this 30 year fix, whatever. And sometimes that's the best option, but sometimes right. it isn't, or sometimes there are other options that people just aren't aware of. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, so there's programs for income based and, and first time home buyers that actually have some lower rates than what you'd see on on the website, you know, on the web, where you look at today's rate, um, that there's actually different programs that drop that. Yeah, that, that's definitely something for people to ask about. Other things to ask about is interest rates, locks, for example. If I lock in my interest rate with this lender and then rates go down, what happens? Am I stuck right. or can I renegotiate? Um, with the majority of our investors, we can renegotiate. And that's huge because rates have been so volatile. If you lock it 7% and a week later to go to six and a half percent, we'll be able to get you that. But that's, that's amazing. a good question for uh, your average home buyer to ask a lender because not everybody can do that. Yeah. All good. All good. My five-year-old was just down here. So that's uh, working from home life. Exactly. And, and so how does, so that's, because a lot of folks don't know that at any time, there's actually hundreds of different loan programs with so many different options you can have. And I guess that's, that's the reason that you have an initial consultation. And that's why you have the communication because it's not just you call in and get what's default. Like each person does have a unique situation. And I love that you do that and explain how the rate buy down works. Yeah. So what most folks are familiar with is what we call points, discount points in the mortgage industry. And that's what everyone thinks of. And a point is what we call a permanent buy down, right? So for example, one point costs 1% of the loan and it adds to your closing costs, but it buys a lower interest rate for the entire time that you have that loan. And it's not a one for one exchange, right? So for right. example, if the interest rate's 6%, it doesn't mean that you get 5%, right? Normally it's maybe a quarter percent lower, maybe a half percent lower. Those are really good options when rates are low, right? Where you're going to have that loan for three, five, 15, 30 years, whatever it may be. But when interest rates are high and there's a good probability that you're going to refinance in a year or two, 
or three, a lot of times you're not recouping those saved price. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of points at the moment, but the opposite of that is what's called a temporary buy down. Just like it sounds, it's temporary, right? So it will reduce the interest rate a full one, two, three percent for a set amount of years, right? Um, and it's not an adjustable rate. You know, that's the, the fallacy where a lot of people think, oh, it's an adjustable rate mortgage. So, well, it can be a regular 30 year fix, but for example, on a one year buy down, the way that's structured is it reduces the interest rate a full 1% per year or on a, what we call a 2-1. It'll decrease the interest rate 2% for the first year, 1% for the second year, and then back to the base rate for the third if you still have the loan. And the difference being is that's huge, right? Is instead of reducing the rate by just a quarter of a percent, you may go from 6 to 4%. That's right. A much greater that's savings. a big difference. And then... A huge difference in payment. I've worked up somewhere at saving people $850 a month, $500 a month, substantial savings. And then the other unique thing about them is even if you go with a multi-year option, if you go with a two or three-year option, if you refinance within that time frame, whatever is still in that account, because that money is held in an escrow account, isn't lost like it would be with points. With points, it's a site cost from the day one. But with a temporary buy-down, if there's still five grand or two grand left in it, it gets credited to the loan. So you actually are getting that money back if you do refinance. So that's why it's a really cool tool right now. Oh, that is really cool. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. Just best use of cash, right? How can we use yeah. money in the best way possible? It's all, always thinking of it that way, right? What's more beneficial, right? How can we benefit the buyer? So yeah. those are a really good program right now, especially. That's awesome. Yeah. So you can buy down the rate. And then if the interest rates drop in 18 months, you can refinance and that money isn't lost. Exactly. Exactly. That's the main difference between temporary buy downs and permanent buy downs. And same thing. A lot of folks don't know that, right? So they say, oh, we don't want to put this money towards here, but if you may get a portion of it back, it's a win-win scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got a lot of folks that are, they ask me about the market and what's happening you know, in Nashville and the surrounding areas. And they, they ask me like, should I wait? What, when you've got friends, you've got you know, family clients, like when they ask you about the market, what are the questions that you ask to help guide them on what's right for them? Yeah. So that that's a really common question, right? Is everyone going, is not only the rates, but what's happening in markets. And it's been interesting. It's been a very interesting year, year and a half in that we've had a decade low of inventory nationwide. And I'm personally licensed in four states and I'm seeing it everywhere. You know, my company's in almost all 50 states. So there's really low inventory right now, which there's also a lower amount of home buyers right now because the, the increase, but inevitably what's going to happen is as we see those rates adjust, Right. As we see the rates start to come down, it's going to bring more buyers into the market and it's going to make, it's going to make it a much more competitive situation, right? Where we see folks offering over list again, or waiving appraisals, waiving home inspections, doing this, doing that. So my recommendation to folks is get into the home now, get in, sorry. And on top of that, homes are continuing to appreciate and nationwide. They're still appreciating four to 8% in most markets. You know, if you think of it this way, the home that's 400,000 right now, in a year is going to be 416 or 432,000. And then if it's more competitive, it's going to be 425 or 450 or whatever. So main takeaways, 
get the home now, right? Refinance the rate later. You know, right. bury the home, date the rate, right? The old saying there. And so that's really where I'm pushing my clients, friends, family. I mean, shoot, my, my wife and I just bought our current home a year ago and we didn't spend all of our money on this one that I'm more of right now. So we're gearing up to get back in. We're investors also. So it's a great time to buy, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I've been working with a lot of investors here locally and I talk to lenders and realtors all across the country. And it seems like here in Nashville, we've got something unique in that sometimes we've got multiple offers, but I'm seeing homes that are on the 14 to 30 days. Uh, whereas in other parts of the country, like my friend out in California, he had a, as is 1974 home uh, with a two hour open house and he got 41 offers on it. It was listed at 1.2. <laughs> it sold for 1.3. And that's not abnormal across the country. Like I've got friends in Denver, Sarasota, like they're just a house comes on the market and they're still got so many multiple offers. Whereas here in Nashville, and I think it's because we've got every crane in the Southeast is my guess. Uh, we've got so much building going on that we've got this ability where you, know, you can actually buy, which is really cool. And you know what people aren't stopping moving from Nashville when I've got clients that are asking the same question. Should I move right now? Should I rent my current house and buy a new house? Uh, Cause you know, they've got interest rates two to 3%. So it can really, really cash flow and they can get a good deal on the new home. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's become much more common is that the folks that have the two and a half percent interest rate, right? The 3% interest rate, um, they may not want to sell. Right. So another tool that we've been utilizing is just home equity lines of credit so that they can pull some equity out of the home rather than selling, list their home as an investment property, get the lease agreement on it, which could offset that mortgage expense. Then on paper, they don't have to qualify for carrying multiple mortgages. We're only qualifying them off the new purchase. They still have that property. They still have a lot of equity in it. Now they're making money off of it as well. So that's great. That's a very common occurrence that we're seeing um, in, in our market right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I love that play. Of course, I live in the house that I grew up in, uh, so I'm never leaving this house, but, uh, but you know, I am looking for, and the power of that is if you buy an investment property, you got to put 20, 25% down, usually something like that. Whereas if you rent your current house and move to a new primary residence, um, usually the rates a little bit lower and you only have to put what? Minimum three and a half, five percent down. Exactly. That's a huge saving in cash. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, that's the way you know. My wife and I personally have always done it. We buy a home; it's our primary home. We'll live in it for a couple of years, turn it into an investment property, buy a new primary home, and you hit it right on the head. The interest rates are lower for primary homes. Down payments are lower for primary homes. Um, so it's a, a a much easier way for someone who wants to get into real estate investing to be able to do it rather than coming up with a 20 or 25% down payments every single time. That's a lot tougher. Uh, yeah. And it's a legal way. It's, you're perfectly good to do it. You're not breaking any rules or anything. Uh, you're just taking advantage of the way that the system's structured. Yeah. I like 5% a whole lot better than 25%. <laughs> exactly. Right. Even rate wise, right? If you look at the comparison of a primary home to an investment property, interest rate on an investment property is normally half a percent to 1% higher. You know, right. that's, a, that's a significant difference. Yeah. 
And you know, what I found is I've seen rent rates still going up. And you know, if you're if all the investors that are buying home, you know, if they're not using cash, they've got to charge rent based on on the investor rate, right? The investor loan. So if you've got your primary loan locked in, I've seen, yeah, a hundred, 200, little extra cash goes a long way while also getting the house paid down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're winning on both accounts and even from a tax standpoint, right? The way that kind of our tax system set up is it rewards investors, right? And now some things that may not have been tax deductible on your primary home are now tax deductible on that investment property. So it can help be a tax shelter for a lot of folks too. Right? And I think a lot of people may not realize that is that it can be different itemizations and deductions. Right. Yeah. I've got a, one of my friends in Tucson, Arizona, he's in the real estate industry and about every year he'll buy a new house and he doesn't even care if it cash flows because it just, it, it helps him on taxes. He's like, look, the new renter is going to pay it down. It saves me. I'm going to spend the money in taxes. So I might as well just buy a house. And now he's sitting really pretty. Equity's going up and he's got low. He's been doing this for a long time. And so the tax advantages are just mind boggling. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the other benefit of that is you can depreciate stuff. You can write off all the interest, typically property taxes, even if you don't manage it yourself. A lot of people don't realize that because for, for years I was managing our properties and I was going out and fixing this toilet and mowing that. And like, why am I doing this? Because if I pay someone to do it, I can write that off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's pay someone else to do it so I can focus on other things that are actually making me money, not wasting my time. But yeah, there's a lot of advantages to, to switching a primary home into an investment property, you know, rather than selling. It's a great way to build wealth. Yeah. Yeah. This has been awesome. What's a great way for people to uh, get in touch with you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Brett Wilmer at Origin Point. Um, so you can Google me and pull me up there, or you can always call me on the cell phone at 615-618-9735 or brett.wilmer at originpoint.com. I'd love to help you out. If you just have any questions or anything I could do, I'm here. That's uh, Half of what I do, if not half, is just educating folks and trying to make more people investors and help build their personal wealth. So whatever I can do to assist with that, let me know. Educating folks and taking care of dogs, right? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Five dogs. One that's scratching at the door. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and what all states do you work in right now? So I am personally licensed in Tennessee, Florida, Maryland, and Virginia. I think I will be have a pending license in California coming up pretty soon too. Just I've, we've got a lot of folks that are moving back and forth between Nashville and Elliot and, and you name it. So I figured might as well get a license there too. Couldn't hurt. About time to do that. About time to do that. Awesome. This podcast brought to you by the Realtor Waiting List, uh, where we help lenders get a waiting list of realtors through Duo videos without giving donuts, MSAs, or any of that other Zillow leads. Thanks again, Brett and. We'll talk to you guys next time. Awesome. Thank you, Charlie.